Welcome to a Lunch with Biggie, a podcast about small business and creatives sharing their stories and inspiring you. My guest today took their experience from five-star restaurants and resorts and basically opened a family and family friend owned restaurant serving up fresh new england seafood and southern style catfish and prime steaks in a family friendly setting please welcome the owners of the naughty lobster christine gonzalez cara oates rumplick and chef mike rumplick what's going on guys hi hey, good morning. hi good morning how are we doing today doing great yeah. thank yep. you so much for spending time with me during my lunch break i really appreciate <laughs> it um my usual since obviously it's a lunch break i'm gonna ask the question and obviously as a restaurant owner i know you're gonna automatically think naughty lobster so i'm gonna it's twofold inside of naughty lobster what is your go-to like lunch and then outside of naughty lobster where you're not at work what is your go-to or favorite lunch sandwich things like that my my favorite sandwich here at the restaurant is a uh, grilled grouper sandwich. Okay. Yeah. And what about outside the restaurant? Outside the restaurant, my my favorite lunch is a little Italian restaurant. They make cavatelli. What's cavatelli? It's a short little stu- uh, heavy uh, dense pasta with a little uh, pomodoro sauce. Okay. It's... it's it's a great lunch. So before I before I ask, I want to add, before I go to you two ladies, I, I need to ask this question because I've had other chefs and I've talked to other restaurant owners. The reality of it is, on a day to day, what do you actually eat for lunch? Because I'm pretty sure that you don't actually eat for lunch. And it, and do you bring a packed lunch or do you what what do you usually do for on a day to day? Like let's say today when you're working, what do you do, Chef Mike? Normally, at most, I'll have a salad. That's okay. really, really about it. Okay, Kara, Christine, what's uh? Let, give me the give me the naughty lobster answer, and then give me outside of naughty lobster. What's your go to lunch and sandwich? Um, I'm gonna but say both of us tend to go towards the salad. Um, we each have a salad. Um, but every now and then we do get that craving for a fillet or a <laughs> lobster roll, which we'll split. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, outside of uh, the naughty lobster, um. Locally, uh, down where I am, uh, is the crooked can and any kind of sandwich or meal that I can get in that crooked can um, okay. area, whether it's barbecue or pizza or, yeah. Carol, what about you? So at the Naughty Lobster, um, I do like the crab cake sandwich, but in all transparency, I'm not the biggest seafood eater. Yep. So it was really important for me um, when we developed the menu that there were options for non-seafood eaters. So our chicken sandwich is, is amazing. And like Christine said, if we do a salad, I'll do grilled chicken on top. Um, our burger is, I mean, th- the best you'll have. And, and people may not expect that at a seafood restaurant, but, you know, the, the supplier that Mike uses, is it's just a really, really good quality product. Um, outside of that, we have a local place called uh, Cafe Verona that uh, we order pizza from sometimes for our staff and they have a great chicken parm sub. So that's one of my favorites mm, I too. I love a good chicken parm sub. <laughs> I love a good chicken parm sub. So um, I have the fortunateness of getting to meet you guys because of my friend Lisa and Christine from Fig Media who they've been a guest on the past. Um, they told me and they invited me to come and eat here um, at the Naughty Lobster in Apopka and I've been very fortunate because obviously I liked it enough that I went back again, took my wife. Uh, it's one of those places where automatically I will think about when it comes to seafood um obviously i know you have other things besides seafood which we'll definitely talk about but i wanted to kind of talk a little bit about how did this all come about like how did this idea of the two of you 
and Christine come about to join forces to say, hey, we want to start and we want to do the Naughty Lobster? So for Mike and I, we, we've actually been talking about uh, doing a restaurant for almost 10 years, kind of on and off. And about six, seven years ago, we, we had a spot. It was a different concept. We had a spot um, picked out. We had worked on it for a couple of years, and it fell through at the last minute. Um, and we were a little, you know, deflated. So we said, let's just put it on the back burner. And But I always knew that we would do it someday. I didn't know when. And COVID happened. And then Christine and Mike and I were all working at hotels where we were uh, furloughed, like, you know, most people. And we said, you know, now's the time. Like, we have the time, literally, to do it. And Christine said, well, I, I, I want in. And so we talked to Mike one day. We said, listen, what is your, what do you really enjoy? And, and you can talk about this a little, honey, but um, growing up in New England, I mean, seafood and lobster rolls, I mean, that's just his passion. And uh, so we worked on a menu and started looking for spots. And we looked at probably 20 different locations before we found here. You know, we don't live in Apopka. We didn't really know much about Apopka. But as soon as we walked into this spot, we knew that this was it. The three of us immediately said, this is it. So, so Mike, when you guys were looking, when you and Carol were originally looking to start something many, many years ago before the Naughty Lobster, was it always going to be New England seafood? Was that always the idea or was the concept different? Yeah, it, it was different. At, at that time, we were thinking about sliders. Okay. And all different kinds of sliders, not just burgers. It was nice. Crab cakes, portobello mushrooms, yeah. uh, all kinds of different. Still sliders. something that could be added to the menu, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Christine, how did you? So then, tell people. Give let's give let's give a little back origin story because obviously um, one of the things that I mentioned in my intro is that you guys have dealt with five star restaurants and resorts. You guys all have very ver- vast experience when it comes to working in the the industry in the hospitality industry can you guys give a little bit of a background of what you guys have done kind of once again it's a lunch break so just a little bit of a kind of a taste to tell people like where your backgrounds come um because i feel like that's a very important aspect where all your backgrounds together create what this atmosphere is and what you're providing here at the naughty lobster that's the reason why you guys have been best service you know awarded for best service nominated for best seafood uh and things like that so that's kind of i want to kind of give people a little bit of an inkling of where your background is because it's not one of those where you know obviously there's people that have some insight that say hey i really love doing this i have a passion for this but you guys also have a lot of industry and a lot of chops when it comes to this. Uh, and so it's very, I'm very intrigued by the aspect of what you guys are bringing to the table when you guys decided to open this. Well, for me, you know, I, I grew up in Rhode, Rhode Island. And so I worked in, when I was younger, I worked in probably four or five different restaurants around doing seafood the, sea, the new england seafood with lobsters and and that kind of thing uh fresh chowders and then clam cakes and that kind of thing and then you know i, I moved to um i moved around I, I worked in texas for a little while in a hotel in texas uh been to europe for a little bit uh and then we opened up probably uh three different hotels back in orlando you know at the uh at the dolphin the peep we opened up the peabody and then I worked at Rosen Center for many, 15 years or so. So we had, you know, quite a bit of different yeah, experience definitely all the way around. Quite a bit. What about you, Kara and Christine? 
Well, um, I'm a New Yorker, and my career in the hotel industry, um, which is almost 40 years, um, started at the Waldorf Astoria in New York. Um, and from there, I've, I moved around. I came down to Florida and also worked at Rosen uh, Center with Mike and Cara. From there, I moved to Hawaii. I've worked in Spain, um, and now I'm in Apopka. Um, Crazy. I know, isn't it? And um, yeah, we're, we're three good friends um, that just wanted to go on this, this adventure. And I don't know anything about cooking. I don't cook at all. I always say that I have a kitchen because it came with the house. Um, but my expertise and Kara's expertise more so lies in the front of the house. Um, so, you know, while Mike is an extraordinary chef and provides um, outstanding food, um, we're all of the belief that the service has to be, um, you know, par with, with uh, good quality food. Um, and that's what Kara and I do um, on a daily basis. Um, uh, service is, is critical. Um, and what we, what Karen and I do on a daily basis is just engage with customers and talk and, and just make sure that we keep that friendly uh, family um, atmosphere in the restaurant. What about you, Kara? Um, I, I started when I was 19 and working at the Boca Raton Resort and Club, which yep. was a five-star resort. Um, and it was interesting because I had applied, I was in school for hospitality, working at Publix, and my teacher said, Kara, it's time. You need to get a job. Get a job in your field. And I had applied at some holiday inns near my house, and they wouldn't hire me because I didn't have experience. And then he had a student that worked at the, the Boca Resort. I applied and got hired on the spot. And then I was there for about eight years. So that was a great training ground yeah. from a service perspective. I mean, first job is five star. And so I took that everywhere with me. And um, I worked at, at the Rosen Center twice from 1996 to 2001. I moved to New York and I did corporate sales for a restaurant group up there. We had seven restaurants and then moved back and went back to the Rosen Center, which is when I met Mike and, and Christine. And again, just having that um, experience from a service perspective, like Christine said, to us, that has to be just as good as the food. You can't have one without the other. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, we like to say that we feel like we're welcoming people into our home and this is how we would treat them. We try to make connections with them and... And um, it's an experience. It's not just a transactional thing where they come in and have a meal and leave. No, I totally agree with that. What? Um, so you brought up earlier about the 20, you guys like visited over 20 locations trying to find the right spot. Obviously, finding the right spot on the previous thing. So obviously, it's very important. Now, um, what's interesting about this particular location, which I definitely want to hear the story about how that kind of came about, because um, where you're currently, where this location, the Naughty Lobster is located, Naughty Lobster, sorry, uh, <laughs> located in, in Apopka is a former location that was here for many, many, many years, over 30 something years um, called the Catfish Place. And so I kind of want to hear the story about how that kind of went about, because obviously it was an institution. Um, and what I love, my favorite, one of my favorite things when I met you guys and you guys started talking about it was, um, and I kind of want to know where the thought process came from where about it, but was the fact that you guys not only wanted to bring your New England style seafood, because that's what you loved, but you also understood you understood and took that into account of what this location brought with like what it what it, the place was about and so i kind of want to talk a little bit about that what kind of how you guys found the place as well as also what kind of brought into the idea of incorporating some of that menu into your menu item as making it now part of the naughty lobster yeah we um like i said we started looking um 
And Mike and I live in Dr. Phillips and Christine's in Ocoee. So naturally, we started looking in those areas, yeah. Winter Garden. Um, and it's very difficult and it's very expensive. And um, our broker, who we've known for the 10 years we've been looking, and he, he's wonderful, um, you know, he would take us to these locations. And sometimes the, the rents were just, I don't know how places survived. And, and they didn't in many cases. So, um, but Mike also got emails uh, with listings available. And he said to us one day, so there's this place in Apopka called the Catfish Place. And we were like, where? I mean, we never came up here. We didn't yeah. know anybody that lived here. We, you know, we worked on that side of town. So we scheduled a, a visit to come, and we met Bob and Elaine Johnson, uh, the previous owners. And like I said, when we walked in, we just felt the warmth and, and how welcoming it was. And we all immediately said that there's potential here for us. And, um, and then we got to know them, and, and Bob. More, we worked more closely with Bob. And we were lucky that uh, for two months prior to us closing, um, we were here every day working with Bob. Um, he would introduce us to everybody he knew, which is everybody in town. And it made the transition that much easier. You know, a lot of times when you buy a restaurant, you get two weeks with the owner, and they're gone, and that's it. Yeah. And we had that. Um, it gave Mike time to start getting his suppliers lined up and, and, and getting the lobster tank set up. Um, and Bob was just key to that. And um, it started, it allowed us to gain the trust of the community because they were nervous, naturally. And I understand that we've all had our favorite restaurants in our town. And um, it just was very clear to us that we needed to keep their menu. I mean, 38 years of something that worked, why would we shoot ourselves in the foot and just get rid of it? You yeah. know, we're not too proud. I mean, we, it was selfish in a lot of ways, too. Yeah. And, and, Within the, the two months, you know, I, I spent with, with Bob and we learned all the recipes that he had all these years. Everything from the coleslaw, the, the sweet potatoes, the, the hush puppies, the, 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 the catfish recipes. And, you know, all these were very successful and they were they're very good. So I, I felt that I had no need to tweak them or do anything they're, I was, they're great and i'm kind of i'm always curious about things like that especially with like a chef because obviously you everyone kind of has wants to put their own spin on things so like and then at the same time i can also see as it being something that they've had for so long that they sometimes want to keep it close to close to their chest you know they're close to the vest right so how difficult is that um or how i guess how great was it the fact that he wanted to share that uh, share his recipes and share all that details because I, I could see I can I can see the world of of I don't know and I mean, you can correct me because obviously I'm I'm not a chef um, how how comfortable people are sharing recipes and and what they do and tricks and techniques. Bob was fantastic. Yeah, he, you know he's got a tablet and he, we went through each recipe together to make sure that you know I understood it and and and. He's he's first class. I have to say. Uh. Yeah, and I also and I wanted to add just I, I think that you know the relationship that we formed with Bob, um, he it was very important for Bob um, to know that the work his work of thirty eight years was going to continue. Yeah. Um, and we 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 developed such a great relationship um, with him that he was very comfortable. Um, sharing his recipes, knowing that you know Mike would would take those recipes and we would carry on, and it's his legacy, um, you know. And yeah, we would have been foolish to not have 
um, his specialties, you know, on the menu. And those locals continue to come to enjoy catfish. Some have expanded their palate and have tried, you know, some of our Naughty Lobster uh, yeah. menu items. Um, and they've, they've all remained loyal. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and in addition to that, not only just the, the recipes, but my gosh, we were so fortunate in having the staff. The staff really helped us um, with the transition. We never closed our doors. Um, we, you know, one day we were the catfish place and the next day we were the Naughty Lobster and all of the staff stayed with us. And there are some folks that have been here 38 years, wow. 28 years, 34 years, um, and they're still with us today. And they helped us uh, meet the community, um, develop the relationship with the, the relationships with the community, um, and they're still with us today. Um, and we're very, very fortunate. Bob still comes to our restaurant to have dinner. Um, to have lunch. You know, you know? I, I always joke that Bob still has the keys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does. He, he does. He that, does. That's, that's yeah. What, yeah. He, um, he <coughs> actually, if the uh, security alarm goes off at 2 in the morning, he'll call me and tell me, I can get there before you do. Uh, let me go check it out. And Wow. So that's a, he, that's that a, is priceless. Yeah. That is amazing. And then there are elements. So I'm kind of curious on like, since obviously it, it, there was such a quick transition, what was that like in like when you, cause obviously I've never, I was never at the catfish place. So if someone were to come in from the cat, like that had come to the catfish place and then came in and all, and I know obviously it was a quick turnaround, like how much of like the decor was the same or did you change i know there's certain things like that i know there's like the train uh i know there's some things that kind of stayed so i kind of wanted to get a little bit of an idea of that yeah you know we because it was such an institution and there's so many memories here from this community um we wanted to keep you know as much as we could and just as we've merged the the two menus together we've kind of merged the decor so we've We've um, put some more nautical decor, but yeah. then you'll see the wood plaque that says the catfish place. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so we, we don't want people to walk in and say, oh, my gosh, this is totally different. We want them to still have that comfortable feeling. And, you know, when we see people, we try to give a little bit of a history and we say, have you been in recently? Have you been in since we switched? And, and when we did switch, it, yes, it did. One day it was the catfish place. Next day it was the naughty lobster. But it was a very slow transition we added a couple menu items the the sign out front still said the catfish place um and then it got to a point where we kind of had to rip the band-aid off because it was confusing to people yeah. so but we did it very gradually so that it wasn't a shock you know to people coming in we still have people that come in and say oh i didn't know this wasn't the catfish place anymore and we say it's okay you can still get your catfish no worries yeah. you can call us what you want you can order what you want <laughs> that happened yesterday actually yeah. the woman came in and said i and you mentioned the train. The yeah. train has been here 28 years? 25 years. 25 like years, 28 years. Um, and it was built by um, Bob for his son, Alex, um, who Alex grew up in the, uh, in, in, in the kitchen um, here at uh, the Catfish Place and was with us up until a few months ago um, uh, where he decided on a career change. And the, the train every now and then needs a little bit of oiling. Um, but it's, uh, you know, people ask us about it. Uh, and the reason adults. for the is, the, is yeah. the reason for the train because if I remember correctly, it yeah. was part of a train depot. Is that what it was? This was a train depot. Okay, mm-hmm. it was the train depot for Standard Oil and Gulf Oil. So we have this building here, and then we have a building across the street that right now is just storage. But you'll see on our patio the original signs on the wall for Standard Oil and Gulf Oil. So the trains would come, the oil barrels would get put on the train, and there was a turnstile just at the end here, and the train would turn around and and go back so it's a lot of history the floors are uh the wood floors are from the 20s 
So I mean, wow. it's a lot of lot of history in this building. We yeah. actually had the Apopka Historical Society did a, a whole timeline of who owned it, when, and what it became because it was a gift shop at one point, and it was a Lee and Rick's Oyster Bar. <coughs> excuse me, at one point. So yeah, it's very interesting. A lot of history. So um, Kara, I kind of I find it very interesting because I always jokingly will say. When someone goes to a seafood place, you don't. You why would you get like the steak or the chicken? But what I love about you, your story, is the fact that that was like the one thing you told Mike when you're like, "Hey, listen, I'm not a seafood person. I need to have good quality steaks and all those things." Which is interesting because you guys mentioned about like the different burgers and the different things that you can order. how how interesting how what is that conversation like sometimes uh or i guess when you guys kind of come up with the idea of like okay well how do we make it so because obviously you don't want to go too far right but at the same time state you kind of want to make it where it's a place where everyone can kind of get pretty much anything at any at any time and that's exactly it we wanted um any group of people or any couple whoever you know if mike and i go to dinner you know I don't want to go to a place that's only seafood because it's just not my favorite thing. Um, so the steaks, and, and Mike can talk about this more in detail, but the steaks, the chicken, um, the chicken that we have, chicken sandwiches, um, are, are delicious. And it's funny, I'll talk to tables and somebody will say, well, I don't eat seafood. Almost like they're challenging, I don't eat seafood. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, I got a confession to make. I married a chef and opened a seafood restaurant. I don't eat seafood either. And then they look at you and I said, yeah, but you know what? Our, our filet mignon is my favorite thing on the menu. Our, um, but I have expanded my horizons to yeah. it. I like the crab cake sandwich. I love the clam cakes that he makes. Um, but we have vegan items. We have, you know, our, our son is vegan. We have vegan items. Mike has two sisters that have celiac. We have gluten-free items. So we don't want anybody to be able to say, I can't go there because. Yeah. So, yeah, so we have a, a lot of options without, with, with still staying with what our specialty is. Yeah, the, the steaks that we, we, that we use are Creekstone steaks. That's, you know, it's a, uh, it's a high-end Black Angus, you know, it's top quality. It's the same uh, steaks that I used at the hotel when I was there for 15 years. So they're top-notch. Uh, this, the, the filet, <coughs> I top it off with a gorgonzola butter nice um the uh the ribeye we, we have a little crispy onion it was on top of that the sirloin i do some caramelized onions with a little hollandaise the the, the sirloin itself is a you know it's a very tender high-end steak you know it's it's well aged well marbled it, it's good you're making me drool um <laughs> so let's talk about so i know we're talking we're talking about that the, the the meats which obviously i love the meats but i kind of you tell i i was very intrigued when we when we first met and you you brought up um the mussels and the oysters and all of that based on your experience of the seafood can you tell me a little bit about kind of that because obviously you're bringing that based on your experience from when living in new england uh and i kind of i'm kind of intrigued because i know you you have particular places that you like getting certain parts of seafood from correct well you know we we make the the chowder we make that from scratch you know and it's a lot of chowder it's yeah. a, but the good thing about it is there's a lot of clam there's a lot of clam in it it's not like a, it's not a lot of filler it's it's like it's a meaty it's a meaty uh hearty uh hearty chowder yep it, it's it's all 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 clams it's got some onions and celery um, with lots of cream and you know we put a, some fresh herbs in it and the lobster bisque 
there's basically just a couple of items in that. It's lobster shells and heavy cream and a little sherry wine. That's it. And we make that from scratch. Um, and it, <clears throat> the little little necks, you know, we get those those coming in fresh. We make the casinos, clams casinos with those. Fresh steamers, you know, those are coming out of Gloucester Mass. Um, the um, scallops that we get, they're from New Bedford. So we, we get a lot of, you know, as much fresh seafood as we can up from New England. I just wanted to add that when um, Mike makes the clam chowder, all of the shells from the clam chowder is what we utilize as our mulch. Oh, really? So outside, I like in that. front of the Repurpose, restaurant. Repurpose, reuse. Yes. I like that. Yes. Outside, yeah. if you look, we've got all of the, the clam shells that come from Mike's um, clam chowder. And I, I, I did want to take a moment, too, to speak about the broth that Mike uh, makes, um, whether it's the mussels or the, uh, or the clams. Um, people ask for uh, extra bread for the dunking yeah. more often than not. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- I always tell the customer, if you have any breath, uh, br- broth left over that you haven't sipped or asked for a straw, um, <laughs> ask us for a to-go container and the next day take it home and pour it over some linguine. Oh. Um, the broth is really, really, really mm-hmm. good. It, is, it really is superb. Yeah. We, you know, on, on that broth, we start off with uh, uh, extra virgin olive oil, we use garlic, white wine, and some fresh butter in there along with um, basil parsley some chives and some green onions so that's it's how yummy. we make it it's yeah. really good sometimes and and you also have you guys also have the and, and i want you to describe it because um the lazy lobster like <laughs> tell tell people a little bit about that because obviously if you're coming in hungry they they're here to feed you uh but that one is definitely a, a site for uh so definitely a site to be able to see so tell me a little bit about who came up with that idea to kind of go that route um and then tell people a little bit about what to expect when they were to see that if they were to order that well we have basically two types of lazy lobsters the, the one and a half pound lazy lobster we uh we, we cook the lobster and we pull it out of the shell and then saute it with a little butter and some sherry wine and a little fresh chives and and place it back into the the tail and so there's no there's no cracking it's just just enjoy just enjoy Um, and then we have a three pound lobster which we we do the same we we cook it we clean it saute it with butter and you know on that lobster we add a little shrimp and some scallops to go along with Mm -hmm. it and we place that all back in the sh- into the into the shell again with a little bit of fresh butter and some f- uh, fresh butter and some uh, sherry wine okay it's it's absolutely so it, delicious yeah yeah, yeah. That, that's uh, and I think it was kind of born out of, out of necessity for some people who said well I want lobster but I don't I don't want to do all that work it's a lot of work so we yeah. said well for five dollars more you can have us do it you know and it to me that's a no-brainer because like you said you can just all you have to do is lift your fork. That's it. Yeah. No cracking. So let's talk a little bit about. So let, I want I want to hear the good and the bad. So I want to hear like what's what's been your favorite part of this transition because you've transitioned from being working in to now owning and being part of it. So I want to know what's your favorite part of it, and then I also want to know what is like what's been the hardest. Well, we won't say the bad. I want to know what's been the hardest transition for you, um, going from one from this role from where you've been to where you are now. 
Well, for me, the uh, the greatest thing is is obviously the the engaging with the guests. Um, we have become friends um, with so many people, um, and you know, we it's much more than just a dining experience at this point. We we have customers that will ask us to sit at the table with them and have a cocktail or a cup of coffee or tell us what's new um, and we've gotten to know their stories we have you know Kara has always said um, that someone said that we were we're, we're here for more than than just um, a restaurant we're here for many other reasons we're doing more than feeding people that's mm-hmm. it um, and we have developed just such wonderful wonderful relationships with our customers we know about their kids their grandkids where they're traveling the good things in their lives, the bad things in their lives. Um, and you know, when a lot of the customers come in, it's a hug on the way in and it's a hug on the way out. Um, and then they bring friends and it's hugs with them as well. So it's, for me, that's the most rewarding part about um, being a, a restaurant owner and being in this business. Um, the tough part, um, I would say, is you know, wanting to satisfy everyone's palate um, when you can't. Um, and um, that for me is the hard thing. Um, I don't have thick skin when it comes to someone not having enjoyed their meal, but I will always, you know, we will always say, um, give, us, give, a, give us the opportunity for us to make it right when you're here, because our goal is for you to, for one, to never leave on an empty belly, um, and to have enjoyed their meal. Um, and we will remake your meal, we will pack something up new for you to take home, whatever it is, we simply want to ensure that you're satisfied. Um, so that's what I guess my pro and my con would be. <clears throat> For me, you know, I, I got out of culinary school in 76. So I've been cooking all these years, and I still enjoy it. So that's for good. me, I, I still enjoy coming in every day and making uh, different dishes, different specials and that kind of thing. And I also enjoy teaching the, the staff in, in the back of the house about the new dishes and how to make them and how to make them correctly. So, and, but, and as far as the toughest part of it, you know, it, 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 can be, it can be a long day, which we all knew, but that's really about it, you know, and making sure that, that uh, the guys learn the new recipes, understand them, and, and en- enjoy making them. And obviously be consistent. Like yeah. that's, that's yeah. gotta be the, I gotta imagine that's gotta always be tough to be the, it's always always being the same level of consistency yeah. when it comes to it, especially if, you know, if you're not working all the time or if you're, if you're are you here every day? Yes. So every, there is no, there is no rest for you, uh, you know, in reality, correct? <laughs> not really. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask a question after Kara finishes hers because I want to know what you guys actually do do for fun, if you actually do anything for fun, or you just dream about lobster. Kara, uh, <laughs> what, what about you? I'm kind of curious. I think for me, um, very similar to what Christine said, it's been meeting the people that we've met that we would never have had the opportunity to meet. Um, we've had guests come in that they've changed our lives. I mean, literally, I'm not exaggerating. Things that have happened in their life Um, they've told us about or we were somehow involved in um, it's like like Christine said Mike's sister told us in the beginning you're doing more than feeding people and at first I was like what are you talking about you know and then we've met you know there's two circumstances in particular that for me it was it was a life-changing thing and now I have relationships with these these guests that come in and 
and that's very rewarding and you know last year when we were nominated for best seafood for orlando weekly we opened in september and i think it was may may or june we got an email saying you've been nominated we didn't even know it was a thing yeah so we thought it was kind of a spam email (laughs) at first and so to know that that was based on write-ins people wrote in we'd never promoted it we never that made us feel like wow here we are in a pop we're just going day to day trying to run our business and people people like us (laughs) sound like sally field you like us you really like us so that's been very rewarding um for me the toughest part um beyond like mike said the, the hours they're long days you know they're 12 14 hour days five days a week um but you have to love what you're doing and yeah. and we love it most of the time um there's the business side of it that's not my favorite but it's necessary and you know we can't be we're very hands-on and that's not something that we're willing to just turn over to anybody to Correct. handle for us first of all we have to learn it there's a learning curve when you own your own place um so it's not my favorite thing i'd much rather be out on the floor talking talking to our guests yeah um so that just it's kind of that stuff that just bogs you down and things like that but other than that you you brought up a point that i'm kind of i'm kind of curious that you said mike's sister brought up and then that you've also said and i'm just kind of curious on the sets on the sense that how you're like it's it's an experience but it's more than just bringing food can you and I'm always, I'm kind of intrigued because of the fact that obviously you're a restaurant, but you guys have worked for, like mm-hmm. you said, five star resorts, and like, and so where is there is there a disconnect? Is it because now you're more like in that area? I'm just mm-hmm. kind of curious because I feel like you guys are noticing this more now the, that experience or that aspect of it, as opposed to when you're in like a resort or a larger scheme. Is that what it is? that you kind of notice the, the, the change or the difference that you actually are making and that, that it's more of, you know, mm-hmm. is that what it is? I think for here, we were very, it was a very purposeful thing to find a place that was uh, based on locals, not a tourist yeah. area. Um, first of all, you can't depend on that as we all found out. Um, but we wanted to build relationships and working in resorts, yes, you might have repeat guests who come back once or twice a year, but it's not the same as people who come in two or three times a week. Yeah. And and again, like I said, when you have situations that that happen to people, and and when Mike's sister said that, you know, she's she's very um, she has a very strong faith, and she just felt like there's more to this. And again, it took us a little bit for it to click. And now that we've seen, you know, um, you know, stories from people and met people, made the connections that we have, it, she's right. And and we're better for that with the people that we've met some of the people that we've met so. I, I love that though i think that's amazing because i think that kind of gives that i i really do i have like i've i've sat and, and i've seen you, how you like even your your wait staff there is definitely and i think i think it's so important when it comes to having in the fact and it speaks volumes of the fact that you have folks that have been here for so long and that have stayed with you guys even after like the transition, because that is something that you don't see. And I know that's like always the hardest aspect of, Mm -hmm. especially in the restaurant industry is finding people that understand what you're doing, what your mission is, what you're trying to do. And at the same time, be able to kind of like, you know, not, I mean, I don't know, have a passion and an enjoyment of what you guys are offering. 
Um, I think that speaks volumes. And, I, and I've seen how you guys walk around and, and I've seen part of your staff also do the same thing, the interaction, the, you know, and there's different elements. And I think that's so important. And that's one of the things that I gravitated towards um, was the fact of how you guys have been able to, to provide that. And then it, it is, it's, and obviously you're in, in like, you're in a popka. For me, it's a destination restaurant. Like it's, it's 40 minutes for me to get to you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know that I'm going to get good, I'm going to get good quality seafood. I've had it. So therefore that's one of the reasons why, like when I, that's why I brought my wife. That's why I plan to bring my parents. Um, because it's one of those things where we know like, Hey, I know what, what to get and what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is great. What, what advice would you give someone for wanting to start something? Because this is a huge leap. You guys did it. You guys, even though you wanted to do this, you guys did this during COVID. So obviously, and 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 then obviously in a restaurant that was here already. So there's a lot of risks involved when it comes to that. But what is your advice for someone wanting to start something? Or maybe even, and it, and it doesn't have to just be a restaurant, just so you know. It could be anything in general. Um, you know, like, and, and if you have like some kind of thing that you guys, like a, a mantra or something that you live by, um, I'm just kind of curious. By all means, please feel sh- share that as well. Well, well for for me, it, it's a commitment. You got to you got to make a commitment. You got to have the passion for it, and you got to come in every day and and, and don't give up because sometimes it's a tough day, and, and don't give up. Just keep 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 the passion, and it'll all work out. Yeah, I would say the same thing. You have to. Um, Go into whatever it is that you're doing, um, knowing that you have to be present. You have to be present, and um, you know our, our guests want to see us. They want to see Kara. They want to see Mike. They want to see me. We are the owners, um, and they enjoy our presence in the dining room. Um, so I guess my advice would be just know that you have to be present. You have to engage with customers and with your staff, um, and. Um, inspect what you expect, um, and uh, yeah, and commitment. Like Mike said, know that you you have to be fully committed to whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah, you asked. You said something about a mantra, and I had a, a boss um, once that said, um, "It's not what you do for people; it's how you make them feel." And it's it's very true. And I and I've kind of taken that with me too. Um, it, and it takes very little. You know, sometimes we have you know we we have a lot of older clientele that come in and um you know like my mom my mom doesn't have much of an appetite and so when we go out to eat some she's got very specific requests and things that she not even requests dietary restrictions and things and so you know i think when when we have guests that um maybe it's an an older couple and they're here with their son or their daughter and we go above and beyond what is it you need what can we do and the the kids for lack of a better way of saying it will say thank you so much like you have no idea how important that was and I do know because I was with my mom in Boston recently and and we went to a restaurant one of our favorite places up there and the the server was so accommodating and I said to her thank you have no idea like my mom can literally get sick and end up in the hospital she eats the wrong food so thank you for being so accommodating and I think um, you know that's part of it again it goes back to the the service level um, y- you have to have the service some people think they have a great chef um, or, or great CEO or whatever it is but you've got to have the service no matter what business it is you're providing some type of a service and you have to remember that people have a choice of where to go and um, they don't have to come here 
and they don't have to go to your bank they don't have to go to your grocery store they don't have to go there's a choice and you have to make it worth their while and where they want to to come back and and i think as far as you know going from working for other people and working to yourself it is it's a struggle there's some days where you know i'm like i don't know that i can do this anymore um but then the next day is a new day and you start over and you say like mike said there's a commitment and um you just have to to get through and you have to have a support system you know you have to surround yourself with people who have are like-minded um find a good accountant find a good marketing company we have an amazing marketing company um those people that that know what your goals are and they support you my last question before we wrap up is because obviously you guys spend 14 15 hour days here but i i am i definitely am a proponent of knowing i i do enjoy like knowing what do you do outside of the restaurant so is there something that you guys do outside of the restaurant that you do for fun uh or that you enjoy um i i will say that for me on my days off as crazy as it sounds um i want to be served <laughs> so um that doesn't sound crazy yeah, I, at all <laughs> yeah i want to be served so i will go to um, competitor restaurants. I go to um, my favorite little town, um, which is near me, um, over in Winter Garden, and um, hang around there. I love going to the beach, um, and uh, yeah, that's that's really it for me. Mike, what do you do? You do what do you do besides uh, think of how you're going to cook and what your orders of food coming in and, and all of that? Well, I, I actually like going to Winter Garden as well, <laughs> staying. <laughs> It's a crooked can. Oh yeah, crooked like, can's I, good. Crooked, what's your what's your uh, beverage of choice there? Uh, I like the uh, IPA. Okay, the high stepper. Nice. The high stepper's good. Yep. Carol, what about uh, what about you? I like a weekend where I have no plans. <laughs> that to me is ideal because yeah. it's very rare. Um, and, and I'm grateful that we have a lot of family in the area. So there's either family events or you know I'm taking my mom. To, to dinner or to a movie or whatever um but i also like you know if mike and i can just get up on a sunday morning and go have lunch somewhere or or something it's you know we don't have a lot of time to to do things and especially mike because even though we're close sunday monday that's when he does his ordering and yep, so he that's he doesn't have those two full days off correct you know like christine and i might so um so it is very limited but really it's just I mean, it sounds hokey, but spending time with the people that you enjoy spending time with. And like Christine, we, we usually go out to dinner because I, mean, I don't cook. And so I don't want yeah. Mike to have to cook. Correct. So, no. And it's just nice to have someone else do the cooking yeah. and the cleaning. Yeah. I, I enjoy when the kids come over on, on, on Sunday or Monday. Yeah. yeah I get, there's three children. So I, and all, they're all adults, but I enjoy it when they come over. And <laughs> At least in age, they're all adults. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. I, I love it. Where uh, where can people follow you guys um, on social? Where how can they come to the restaurant? Uh, give me give me those details, and obviously they'll be in the show notes as well. But just so that way, people, if uh, as they're listening, they can uh, maybe go on their phone and kind of start following you on, on social media and whatnot. Yeah, so we are on Facebook and Instagram um, at the Naughty Lobster, um, at both, and our website is the naughtylobster.com and it's n-a-u-t-i-l-o-b-s-t-a-h 
Um, and on our social media, we do have, um, again, we do have a great marketing company, and um, we work hand-in-hand hand with them to, to show different specials, different fun things that we've got going on, and, and showcase a lot of our menu items. So um, it's a, that's probably the best way to find us. Um, we are closed Sunday and Monday. We are open Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 11 until 8, which is when we take our last table. And uh, Friday and Saturday, 11 to 8.30, which, again, is when we take our last table. So I know, I know, it's kind of, I know, and, you know you, you keep bringing up the marketing aspect of it. And I, I, will, I will say this. Um, based on the fact that, like, that, you know, you need – it's kind of like when you're fi- – I'm going to go – I'm going to go total fishing analogy here. But it's like you need the good hook mm-hmm. or the good bait to get the person in and then once you get them in you hook them with your service and your amazing food Mm -hmm. and that's how you get them hooked because obviously like i said for me if you're not in a popka you have to drive to you know come Mm -hmm. here so it's so important to have that aspect of being able to share your story share what you're creating and what you're doing um so i totally understand whether it's you know and if you have the resources and the means to be able to have someone like a fig media to be able to kind of help you with that I think it's 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 invaluable because it is the lifeline of you being able to kind of constantly have a flow of people to come in. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's it, I think it's a great thing. I know for me as a as a small brand, it's always a battle because I'm it's just me. So I'm constantly trying to create content, and at the same time, I don't sometimes I but I also have the business side of the things and everything else that goes with it. So I totally understand that aspect of it is because it's it's it must be very very. Um, difficult to sometimes be like listen we have like this amazing food but no one knows about it and i need people to come in to to be able to enjoy it so it kind of goes hand in hand Mm -hmm. so i totally get that um i definitely thank you guys so much for spending my lunch break with me um thank you i definitely will be eating uh some seafood uh very shortly it's one of those things where you know i i think if you if you're in the mood for seafood or steaks or anything like that i mean heck if you just if you're in the mood for seafood and someone else is like hey i'm in the mood for a good burger guess what come to the apopka come to the naughty lobster mm-hmm. uh they'll definitely take care of you um i didn't bring up the topic but i will say this if you want a good alcoholic beverage like the sangria yes. christine's recipe family recipe uh you can't it, it'll hit uh the <laughs> drinks are the drinks are legit yes. um it's definitely something good it goes very pairs very well with the seafood and the meal um so i definitely recommend it i there's a few you know definitely send me a dm and let me know um what i recommend for appetizers but that's our show for today thank you so much to chef mike rumplick Kara oats rumplick christine gonzalez of the naughty lobster for having me on um definitely make sure to go check them out uh if you're in a popka you'll see all the show notes and the directions on how to um, address and everything like that to be able to follow them if you want to support me check out my brand deli fresh threads if you want to check out the podcast make sure to subscribe to the podcast leave a rating leave some stars um and by all means i'm gonna i will stress this because we're very easy and I always go on a little tangent when I go with my ending here, but we always are very easy to complain and go online and hit the social and, and hit the complaint. How about you take that same energy and if you love where you're going, love a brand, love a business, love a small business, why don't you go in there and leave a review about how much you love them and how great they are and put some stars there, okay? Just so you know. Um, thank you. Until next time, keep eating sandwiches and follow your passion. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.